that that seems so like exciting. I don't know if it was just you guys, but it got me hyped. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like we, for everyone at home, we're trying something new. We did that little uh, little countdown montage type of thing with the music, and the music was very suspenseful a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> welcome, welcome to Tessa Talks Podcast, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for uh, tuning in. We have um, our usual Franklin Mother Frunker joining us and helping us out tonight. Hi, hey, Franklin, how you doing? Uh, it could be better. No good green screen tonight. So oh, oh it's green. It's green. Yeah. And it's green. It's good. <laughs> and back by popular demand, we have Darren from Drive Tesla Canada. Welcome, Darren. Thanks Thank for coming you. back. Thanks for having me. No problem. Now, uh, folks, folks at home, thanks for uh, tuning in. If you're listening or if you're watching live, watching live is is obviously uh, one of the the best ways to do it and get interactive. If you have any questions throughout this uh, podcast and you're watching live, uh, just jot down. It's going to be on YouTube, obviously. Just jot down your question in the comment section down below, and uh, we will get to your questions as soon as we can. Or, or sometimes, many times, we actually interrupt what we're saying and, and our train of thought, and we try to get to the questions as soon, as soon as possible. So if you got questions, any questions left over from um, when uh, Saddle was here a couple weeks ago when he answered all, that, uh, all those questions, if you got any of those uh, that you didn't get a chance to ask or you missed out on, Ask us. We'll do our best. And if we don't know what I promise, I'll uh, get in touch with him and I'll get the answer for you off air. So, uh, but anyways, you know, we've got some Tesla news that we should uh, get into. But before we get into the actual news of the week or, or in the last couple weeks or stuff, we would be we would be irresponsible if we sat here and talked about all the little nuances that's happened in the Tesla world and little news and stuff like that without like talking about the big thing which is the elephant in the room which is you know the fsd beta now when i say the new thing i know it's been out for how long's it been out? what's today thursday a week today so yeah uh, yeah so it's been out oh, it's been yeah. out eight days wow today, today's day eight day eight yeah oh true yeah. true he said he was putting it out on tuesday which he did but it we really didn't see things till wednesday was it like wednesday morning or something like that? yeah so yeah so yeah so yeah eight days i, I keep and, a daily counter uh, you know what for some reason i don't know why i don't doubt that <laughs> i bet you do and you've got some i bet you have it like on some kind of we'll talk about it towards the end let's talk about the counter towards the end of the podcast you actually do oh my god okay that, that's okay. that's my special story for the week and it involves darren too so it's perfect that we have him on <laughs> It does. Okay, perfect. Okay. <laughs> Once again, I'm in the dark, but that's that's okay. That's that's normal. So yeah, let's talk about um the the uh, the beta. Uh, I mean, we could sit here and talk about all the things that we saw and all the things we like and the things we don't like, but I just want to get and I'll, I'll I'll start with Darren and I'll go over to to you, Franklin. I just want to get your takes on on what you think of it so far, eight days in, and and. What you like and what you don't like, Darren? Uh, yeah, so I guess my first impression <clears throat> um, was really impressive, considering it was such an early um, limited beta release. The uh, behaviors you were seeing that the car could perform, I thought, were really impressive. And it, in following the videos over the past eight days, uh, it's only gotten better. So I can only imagine once it's pushed out to even more owners. Um, especially here in Canada, uh, that it'll, it'll just get better and better. And um, yeah, I, I think full self-driving is not that far away. 
Yep. I, we got uh, an awesome comment in the chat, by the way. We just have to highlight it. Martin, hashtag FSD Beta Canada, you know? <laughs> Is that what we've been using? When I say we, I mean you guys. <laughs> it's something I've been trying to push, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because it, it seems like, and you know what? It's it's that fine line. I don't know if it's good or bad or if it's just neutral, but it seems like every time Elon says something, <laughs> one of us Canadians, and it's very rarely me, so I I'll, I can say I, I'm not on Twitter. As Go much ahead, as you guys. He's about to pinpoint me out here. Go no, ahead, no, continue. no, no. I, I've seen you. I've seen Darren. I've seen yeah. Gary. I've seen I've seen numerous people ask about about uh, it in Canada, but we seem to. We're, we're certainly, you know, I mean, you can't blame us for trying. We, we're definitely getting an A for effort. <laughs> well, what do you think, Franklin? Like, you think he's finally going to relent or, or see us? Like, honestly, I, know, I think... I know you have thousands. Honestly, I think at this point, um, I think the way Elon uses Twitter is he sees a lot of comments of stuff that's upcoming, but he won't say, hey, yes, until it's actually ready to go. So I guarantee you he's seen one of our tweets because, like, <laughs> one of us here signed up a lot of FSD Beta Canada-related tweets, right? Yeah. It's probably the guy in the top right. But um, <laughs> I think when the time's ready to go... <laughs> Thanks, Dex. I think when the time's ready to go, I think he's going to say yes. So I feel like he does say yes to upcoming features. Like, hey, yeah, I think that's a great idea. That wasn't on our roadmap. Um, I'm going to say yes to you so you know it's coming and we're going to do it. But I feel like he says yes to a lot of things that are uh, like very near in the near future of software updates or whatever it may be. So I think uh, when we, like the beta is going to come to us sooner or later um, because our regulations are usually uh, like three to four weeks behind whatever the U.S. does. Uh, but when it's ready to go, I think in like three weeks, he'll say yes to one of us and uh, then we all go ballistic saying, oh, which one of us is going to be, right? So, Yeah, I don't think our questioning uh, Elon is going to get it here any quicker. It's just giving us that heads up of when it's actually going to arrive. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. you're exactly right. If we could get a definitive answer from him, that would just satisfy it. And, and like, I mean, if he, if he turned around tomorrow and said it was, it's, you know, 8 to 12 weeks away, yeah, we'd be disappointed, but at least, hey, we have a date, or not even a date, because it's Elon time, but we have a window. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Exactly. I, I don't think it's him holding him up, holding it up, right? Because no, I'm sure he'd love to get more data, um, especially with snow and stuff. But uh, it's it's definitely regulations is what it is, right? Definitely and, transport Canada. And I've had people comment saying, hey, stop your campaign. Um, but oh. I will not stop. Yeah. But I will <laughs> not stop. I think it's fun and... Uh, Hey, I think sooner or later he's going to say yes, right? And hopefully, it's me that he says it to. Then I can yeah. be like, yeah, right. So, Mark, Mark is saying in the, in the chat that uh, Elon is, or he, I guess he's asking. He's got a question mark at the end. Of it. Uh, Elon's worried about snow. Now, you know that that topic has come up with FSD and snow covered roads. So, I don't know if I, he's worried or as much as he's maybe curious. Yeah, well, I, I think I, it's. A it, it's also it's not just about snow covered roads it's the fact that the snow comes up onto the car and kind of cakes onto the sensors and and the cameras and blocks them and makes them basically uh, useless so it'll be interesting to see when it does arrive how it's able to handle those kind of situations if it can yeah yeah uh 
not not in the news that we're talking about, but it was news, and we can touch on it briefly. Darren, I think you you wrote about it. Is the new uh, rumored radar that's uh, coming in, in in the new cars? That um, there's a whole bunch of things with it, but one of the one of the keynotes is um, while we're on this topic of of um, uh, snow, is that it's supposed to uh, be a heated radar or some kind of radar that'll that'll melt off the snow possibly. So nothing. I think the data in a country like Canada, or there's, well, it's not just us, right? I'm not going to say Canada is like unique. There's a lot of snowy countries and cold countries. Um, a lot more than us, yeah. Yeah, but I think the data that he can get from a country like that is valuable because you got to look at the Model 3. I don't think the Model 3 is initially designed for our weather. Uh, and you can see the changes that they've made over time, uh, like the one you're talking about now, the heated charge port. Um, so on and so forth, right? Uh, they've made an update in the app so the heat can go towards the glass, right? So you don't have that. And that was last year, I think, or the year before, whatever. Um, they've made all these small little changes, right, for the cold weather. And I don't think they've... They didn't build a car with that in mind, right? It's a very California <laughs> temperature-based vehicle. Uh, and they're kind of learning and adapting and changing. Uh, and they've made a lot of changes over the last two years, two, two and a half, three years, right? So I think... Um, yeah, the the heat pump. I think uh, FSD data in our weather will be like extremely valuable to them, and I cannot wait till the day he says, "Hey, the price is increasing in Canada," because that means it's happening here, right? So <laughs> you can't wait. No, well, you know, the, the thing the thing about it, we're going to get to that. I like your segue there, Franklin. But the thing about it is, you know, we will, yeah, we will get it, and uh, th there are all these little things that are coming down the pipe that. Are changes and anything you you see that might have been wrong with the three or the early threes, we saw a revision or we see an improvement with, with the Ys. So they've acknowledged it, and you know what? It's funny. The first after the first winter, and a lot of after the first winter, when a lot of people were saying, "Oh, the the Model Three is not a, a winter car; it's it's made in design. Well, it's designed and made for California. It's it's definitely not a winter." I I took offense, not offense. I I, I got. Uh, a little ticked off when people used to say that, and I was like, "No, no, it is." They they did their homework and stuff like that, but then the second winter hit, and <laughs> now we're going into the third winter, and I can see where a lot of those people are coming from with those comments. I mean, I don't know if I, uh, you know, uh, prescribe to to those comments exactly to say it's not a winter car, but I I, I do think that they did lack the testing, the the cold climate testing that they probably should have done with the three. They did it on the Y, most definitely. Uh, Martin actually brought it up. Um, the first Y I saw was a super early VIN that they had driving around in Toronto. Yeah. Um, and they had it in the middle of winter here, testing out everything. Uh, the panel gaps were bad. I can fit my whole hand inside, but it was a <laughs> test vehicle, right? Um, so they've... And, and like I said, they've done improvements, right? So I'm not saying it's not a great winter car. Like I think it's fantastic. I preheat my car and everything melts away, and mine's the only clear car I come up to, right, in the middle of winter. It's amazing. Um, but you can see the improvements that they've made, right, um, that they didn't originally plan for, so. Yeah, because you preheat your car properly, not like some video we both saw last night. Anyways, how, how do we were talking about FSD, and how do we get off onto this rabbit hole of <laughs> winter driving? Because <laughs> we're talking about FSD in the winter, right? Uh, uh, true, true, true. That's how we got it, yeah. Yes. And I mean, um, I, think, I think the data will be good, right? Um, I want to see if the car will drift around snowbanks and uh, 
all jokes aside, they have to make it so it starts slowing down sooner um, because of like ice and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Where right now it's kind of abrupt. Yeah, true. Now, yeah, can they just program that into the code uh, dependent on temperature? Like, uh, well, think about it. The, the wheel slippage, maybe? Or is that too late then? <laughs> I mean, if it's snowing, they have detection because the windshield wipers are going. True. And then they also have temperature, so they can determine the temperature as well as that. And I'm sure they can store data like, oh, it snowed in the last hour, it snowed yesterday. Let's turn on the safety feature, right? Where it's automatically activated. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, okay, let, <laughs> let's get back to what we've seen so far, what, what's impressed us. And, and we, like I said, we sort of got off on a tangent. Darren was, Darren was giving us his um, impressions of, of what he's like so far. And we, and we, we totally hijacked it. Darren, we'll get back. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> so some of the things that <clears throat> I've noticed that have kind of impressed me is uh, it seems like the system is learning very quickly and it can adapt and learn from situations that it wasn't able to handle maybe the day before. Um, so we've seen it go up narrow streets um, and go around cars parked on the side of the road. Um, yeah. uh, I think it was today we saw some new videos as well of it slowing down for speed bumps where it wasn't doing that <clears throat> wasn't doing that uh, a few just a few days ago. Mm -hmm. So it, it it really seems to be getting better very quickly. Wow! Right. Yeah, yeah, it it does. It, they're on the first or second or the, the second or third revision already. Apparently, like dot eleven or dot twelve. I heard. So I think the last one I saw was uh, 11. I'm 11. not sure if they've, if they've gone up to 12 yet. But. Nice. Um, yeah, the speed bump thing is, is interesting. I, I wonder how they detect that, I guess. I guess with the cameras, too, just like they detect anything else. Frankly, what, what have you noticed um, that you've liked so far? Um, I feel like we're getting pretty close to a level 3 system where the car basically does everything where the human just has to basically monitor uh, the only thing they're missing right now is being able to go into parking lots and navigate in a parking lot. Yeah. So that's the only thing I'm kind of uh, like, okay, so I'm extremely impressed by everything it can do, right? I, I don't want how you're prefacing this. I, yeah, yeah. So say next. <laughs> it, it, can do, it can do lefts, it can do rights. Um, the roundabouts are really cool. It's, it's extremely impressive. Don't read this any other way. Like, I'm all for FSD and when we get to price you'll understand even more but um the only thing that i'm and this is on the consumer reports too why autopilot rank low they do a really poor job at like saying hey this is the end of where uh, your autopilot ends and i know it's like limited beta with a certain number of people but uh it just kind of abruptly ends when it hits its destination so if you have to turn into a plaza it's just going to stop there Right, where I would have liked to see at least it signal and start turning into the plaza and give the driver a little bit of warning saying, Hey, uh, this is the end. Because in its current state, I don't see uh, that rolling out to the mass public because you're going to have a whole ton of cars just stopping in the middle of uh, roads where it's supposed to turn into the plaza, right? And uh, obviously that's problematic, right? So I think there has to be more fine tune adjustments uh, yeah. before we see a public release. Uh, but that doesn't take away from what they've managed to do, which is this is the first level three vehicle you can almost level three vehicle you can actually purchase, right? There's nothing 
there's no other car out there that you can do that, right? So yeah, no, you you touch on a few things there that that uh, <laughs> a few of them that got my blood going, and a few things that I just wanted to comment about the consumer report thing. Yeah, don't get me started with that. They they I think yeah I get what they're saying how uh, Super Cruise gives you more leeway and stuff like that, but they they got it completely wrong because they don't understand it. I think they these people that are judging it don't understand it. But anyways, that's a that's a separate. Did topic. you read that report, Darren? I did. Yeah. Yeah. What's your yeah. thoughts on that? I I, I agree with Dax. The uh, they should have mentioned the fact that Super Cruise only works in a very lim uh, limited number of situations, uh, whereas Autopilot obviously works on pretty much any road. And a limited number of cars that you can't and, actually purchase, <laughs> and that too, yeah. yeah, too, yeah. No, sorry. Yeah, no. Getting back to how you say it just ends and just going to the parking lot. Um, what I thought you were going to actually say was how uh, you can't wait for for it to do parking lots like how uh, Smart Summon does. It it comes to you, and we're waiting for a Reverse Summon. Uh, I mean, I can't wait for that one. Reverse Smart Summon, whatever it's called. But like. Um, I saw in one of uh, Raj's videos, Tesla Raj, if you haven't seen any of his videos, folks, which I'm, I'm assuming if you're watching this or you're listening to this, you've definitely watched uh, Raj's videos. He, he described it best where it's right now it's not door to door when you turn on navigation. It's more point A to point B. Uh, will it ever get door to door from like your driveway or your door to the shopping mall door? Yeah, maybe one day it will. I, I don't know. Franklin knows about this kind of stuff more than me, whether, whether that's level four or level five, um, or if even if it's still in level three. I don't know if they could attain that with level three just as we monitor it. But it's not there yet, but it's, like Darren is saying, it's, it's getting better every day, all these little improvements. Now, correct me. Oh, before we get to that, uh, speaking of, of consumer reports and how they say that um, it, it, it ends. What, one of the other things they were complaining about is how it doesn't have enough um, driver monitoring like Super Cruise does. Uh, did you guys get a chance to listen or watch um, the podcast with, oh, now, you know, you, we all know George Hotz, right? Mm-hmm. The, the hacker George Hot. Uh, he was on Lex Friedman. So that's the, that's the name. It almost escaped me for a second there. Um, his podcast. Have you ever? Did you listen to that? He, he had, it was like a three hour podcast. But then he, Lex broke it down into like five six minute segments. Um, and one of the topics that that they were talking about is uh, driver monitoring. And George was saying that, of course, George is saying he's got because he's got his own software out there he's say he's basically not liking how fsd does it and he he is basically putting money down that before the end of this fsd is fully released uh or fully matured that tesla will go into uh driver monitoring with with that interior camera one way one how some some way somehow that they're definitely going to go that route and the reasons he gave for it, he laid out the, the points, it does make sense. It, it, it is a compelling argument. And whether it's us having our hands on the wheel as we do today, and it, the nag coming to us every 20 to 40 seconds, if that's their way of doing it, and that's the way they'll continue, or if they're going to go to the 
um, the in-car camera, like like um, Green the Only has uh, deciphered the code and seen some code in there. Now we don't know. Everyone's assuming that that's that code in there is for driver monitoring, but we don't know that for a fact. It could be in there for what's happening right now with the beta testers. They may be using that strictly, not for us, for us normal people. They may be using that just for the few people in there right now that are beta testing to see if as they're beta testing and they're told to keep their full attention and everything from all the wording that, that came out when, when full self-driving beta came out, maybe they're monitoring those guys and seeing if they're eye track and, and hands on the wheel and, and attention is fully on the road. Who knows? I got it. So George Hoss has a really good reputation. Um, if you look at his career, his history of everything he's done, uh, he's very reputable, right? And I think having Come AI gives him a lot of, uh, it gives him a good standpoint as to what's going on and how things work and how things run. Uh, he's actually been one of the few that's always said, hey, I need more data. It's not uh, like fake data, you need real driving data. And uh, he said it's after Tesla manages to achieve it, the way they're keeping pace with the limited data they have, he said it's going to be two or three years after Tesla does it, they'll probably be the next company. Um, his system's rather interesting, but going back to what I was saying, I think uh, just given his whole track record, he does, I put more weight into what he's saying versus, you know, like the CEO of Ford or the CEO of Volkswagen or some of those guys, um, just because of his standpoint, right? He's a top level engineer. He's developing his own similar system. Um, and he has a really good track record of what he's saying. So, I mean, yeah, he comes across cocky and he rubs people the wrong way, but he is, he, after all that is said and done, he's a smart guy and he knows the stuff. So you got to give him credit for that. And any, any, uh, opinion on, on the whole driver monitoring thing, Darren, before we, uh, move along. I think, uh, George is probably correct. Uh, and I think it might, Tesla might implement driver monitoring more because they have to, um, to get it approved than, than they, if they want to do it. That's just, yeah. My Did opinion. you guys see that tweet? Um, well, there's a video going around where another group of people not in the driver's seat, passenger, back seat, recording a video, car driving on the highway. Oh, yeah, where they were drinking oh, yeah. beer? Yeah. No, yeah. no, there was another one after the beer one. Like, oh, there was another person that did it. And I see, and I think Tesla has to track down these vehicles and literally ban that yeah. person from having uh, autopilot and any of the features moving forward. Like, there has to be some sort of clause in their agreement that says, hey, if you misuse the tech, um, you lose privilege. Privilege. Because uh, until it actually is like full self-driving, level four, level five, uh, more likely four, uh, people shouldn't like, it, it just gives Tesla a bad name, right? Because that car crashes somewhere. It's like, oh, the car didn't do what it's supposed to do. Well, no, it did. It's the user that kind of messed it up, right? So Yeah, that's not, exactly. That's not what the headlines or all the media outlets are going to say. They're going to be, the what's the f biggest font that's going to be on a headline the next morning? Tesla. <laughs> Those five letters will be everywhere. And that's what everyone else that doesn't even know Tesla or just heard of them, that's the only thing they're going to take away from that uh, story. Because they'll just read the headline. Yeah. So we had a good comment, by the way, which kind of segues into our um, next topic. 
Yeah, I was going to say, if, if we're finished talking about FSD, and we can bring it up as we continue to talk uh, throughout tonight, uh, we can move on to the news. Because, yeah, it seems like the guys in the chat here have been sort of talking about what we're about to talk about anyways. So, very impressed thus far. Uh, this was 5252085, uh, who left a comment. Uh, very impressed oh, thus far. That's, that's uh, Kyle. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Very impressed thus far with the FSD beta. With that said, I think it's a mistake for Tesla to increase the price right now because FSD is not available to the public yet, so we shouldn't have to pay more. Okay, yeah, so let's talk about that. Now, what I so poorly did, and I apologize, Darren, and I apologize to all my guests that come on in the future and past guests. I don't introduce you guys properly enough. Darren is the writer, co-founder, whatever you want to say uh he is the man behind drive tesla canada and that's where there's this article and i think all the articles have come from and many of our articles in, in a prior in the post the previous <laughs> episodes have come from uh yeah you can go to electric you could go to inside evs but drive tesla canada don't don't let the term or the word canada fool you to think that it's only canada we he does concentrate on canada but he does all the news in tesla and, and evs so check out the website if you if if you get a chance if you haven't but anyways that's where this article comes from to the, tonight and as we move on to our first one like franklin alluded to tesla increases the price of full self-driving package as promised now you want to give us a little bit of background um one of you guys of, of why this came to be and how it came to be sure i can do that so when the beta software was released last week i forget exactly how long but it seemed like within hours of the first few people getting it uh, elon came on twitter and said okay now that it's released we're going to be uh, increasing the price on monday so that was on i guess wednesday or thursday so like three or four days later it was going to be increasing uh two thousand dollars us he said yeah. And then got a bunch of feedback on Twitter saying, uh, why, why are you doing this so quickly? Usually you give like at least a month's notice. Um, and then uh, the other big piece of feedback was if FSD is only available in the US, why is the price going to increase everywhere? So he, as he's known to do, he listened to that feedback and first pushed the price increase back like three days to to today and then uh, also only made it applicable to owners in the u.s so that was fair yeah yeah and that's fair and also said that as soon as fsd gets released in other markets there's a one week um, clock that starts and one week after it gets released the price is going up in those markets too so hmm. yeah so what's your what's your take on the price you think it's um fair or you think it's getting priced out of the uh, hands of normal people it, it's getting to that point where it's getting a little too pricey i think for most um but at the same time i think this price increase is a little too soon the beta software is probably out on maybe 100 vehicles maybe maybe a few more um that doesn't really I would be upset if I was in the U.S. and and didn't have, wasn't part of the beta testing, and all of a sudden the price has gone up when it's limited to so few people. So, I think the price increase probably should, could have waited until the public release, whenever that happens to be. Hopefully before the end of the year. Um, yeah, 
I think I thought it was a little too soon. Yeah, well, and, and that's what this this topic is really uh, two stage. I think one is the timing. Well, no, first of all, one is the let's go even further back. One is the price itself, and that is a separate discussion in itself that we can have and we should have, or we probably will have. And then, like Darren's saying, the other is the timing, and if they if he gave us or our U.S. folks enough notice and is, is a week enough i don't know like i mean yeah i you you bring up some good points there and it's like darren it's only a handful of people have it but i'm gonna have to pay two thousand dollars more than i i did uh last week now keep in mind and you you mentioned this right in your article as i'm talking i see it uh, we've had FSD here in Canada and with, with the exchange and everything. Uh, we've had it for over 10 grand for, for a while now <laughs> with, with, with ours, it's uh, $10,600 plus taxes here in Canada. So when it gets, when, when we finally do get it and it gets the equivalent 2000 us increase, like our friends in the States have today, it's going to go up to more than $13,000. What do you think about that, Franklin? I think the price is too low. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> if, if anyone doesn't know Franklin's take on this, if, if they're new to the podcast, yeah, Franklin is a, a very um, positive okay, so, believer. Okay, look, look at it a couple of different ways, all right? So, Dax, how much do you pay for your FSD? See, but that doesn't count. Okay, no, that's fine. That's fine. You got, the, you, got, you got the special. I, I, Darren, how much do you pay for your FSD? I, uh, it was before the last price increase, so what was that, 9200 I think? Okay, so at that price, do you feel like you got proper value for what you paid? I think I did, yeah. Okay, and even if your answer was no, within the next year or two years, your value is going to increase, right? So the price that I paid at the time, I thought it was high, because if you include enhanced autopilot plus uh, the discounted thing, I still spent 8000 in total, uh, 7000 8000 and at the time, there was no navigation on autopilot. There was no smart summon. Um, there was no stoplights and streetlights, right? So at the time, it was high. But I feel like over the last two and a half years of ownership, I've gotten the value out of what I've paid, right? Um, you have to remember, it's not stagnant. You're not paying for something that's staying the same. You're paying for something that's continuously improving. Uh, ours obviously included the hardware upgrade for Dax and myself, right? Uh, but the value of what you're getting continuously improves, right? So I think that's something key that most people are missing out. And uh, our buddy Mark, who's in the chat as well, he said it for a while that um, not everyone has to own FSD, right? Uh, with the way Tesla's pricing it now, I'm sure that's going to affect the number of people who are buying it. And Tesla's probably aware of that. But you got to think long-term for Tesla. It makes more sense for them to price it higher uh, because of the amount of money they will make back from a robo-taxi fleet. You got to look at it from a perspective as a business rather than just a consumer, right? That's my uh, perspective. Yeah. No, you know, you always bring up valid and interesting points when you uh, uh, talk about FSD and, and you explain the value and why you think it is worth what it is. And yeah, you bring up a good point. And, and not until this week, I don't know if you brought it up or someone else brought it up um, online that I never thought of, yeah, what I paid for it compared to if it keeps going up, which it will probably keep going up, if I was to turn around and sell the car privately, now 
there's some debate, and I, I don't know how true this is, that if you trade it into Tesla, they're not going to give you the FSD price value of it. I don't know how true that is, but if you sell, if you sold it privately, and you, we all know when you sell a car privately, you always get better than a trade in anyways. So if I sold it privately, I could say, hey, listen, I've got FSD in there. That I don't have to tell the potential buyer how much I paid for it. All I need to say is this is worth $10,000. Now, obviously, I'm not going to get my $10,000 back for it, but to that, that potential buyer, it just shows that, hey, that's one less thing that I have to worry about, especially if that person's interested in it. If they're not interested in it, then it's not it, the value isn't there to them. But if they're interested in it and they're looking for a car where maybe they contemplated buying a car that doesn't have it and down the road knowing that they'd have to put it on, this is already in there. Now, like I said, I'm not going to say that it's worth $10,000 more of what I'm asking for the car, but it is going to be you know, a, a high percentage of that. So. So I never thought of that up until this week. So that brings up a good point. Not that I'm in, intending to sell my, my Model 3, but, you know, I mean, it does, I, I, as the car depreciates, and we all know Tesla, the Model 3 is one of the lowest depreciating cars uh, in, the, uh, in the automotive industry, but it does still depreciate with mileage and everything. As it depreciates, now FSD is sort of countering that in a way. See, am, I, am I thinking the right thing there? See, and that's exactly that. Um, Tesla doesn't give you value for FSD because for them, they can just resell and make back the value again, right? Yeah. Now, but now, to, if sorry, you're doing... Me. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't finish your thought. I'll ask her after. No, no, go ahead. I was just wondering, I've heard some different people and uh, say, and I don't know the answer, maybe Darren knows too. When you, if you trade in your car that has FSD, does Tesla turn around and sell it without to try to make more money yes see that's uh see i don't know that's that's uh, i don't know if i agree with that that rubs me the wrong way to know that I, they do that i don't agree with it but i mean it is what it is right yeah okay sorry i didn't mean to interrupt, interrupt you buddy i think uh who was it on twitter uh mark Benton, i think it was oh yeah he was saying he said he sold three cars and he hasn't got any value out of his fsd and He's probably right. He probably didn't. But he sold three cars in, what, two years? So every, uh, what would be, 24 months divided by three, you're looking at every seven months he's selling a Tesla. The price increase isn't setting in where he's getting back his money for FSD. So I was looking, because I've had my car for two and a half years based off what I've paid. I had to get back all my money for FSD uh, right now if I had to sell my car versus if I, if I didn't buy it at the time because of the price increases. Yeah. So... Yeah. If you're buying it today and you're planning to sell your car in five years and you got to think, hey, the price is going to keep going up uh, because it is, uh, you will get back the money for your FSD. You might actually be ahead at the yeah. end of five years. I'm not talking seven months, right? Seven months isn't a long enough period of time. We're talking f like five plus years. No, you're right. And, and a selfish person would look at it and think... Yeah, you know that's that's great for me uh, down the line. But I look at it in terms of all my other fellow, and it sounds cheesy, I know, but all my fellow Tesla people that want to get FSD that don't have it, it's it's growing to that price that may be out of out of reach for them, unattainable. But I see what you mean because uh, Mark, yeah, Mark's a perfect example of that. But I was listening, I was watching um, uh, Tesla Inventory on on YouTube. Uh, those guys, uh, David and uh, Eric. And they 
they, they've been through a lot of Teslas, whether it's Model Xs, Ss, or, or 3s, and even Ys. I think they're on their second Y now. They've calculated uh, with what they paid on autopilot and FSD throughout the years on all their cars, and they've calculated over $65,000 that they've spent on that. And they've gotten, you know, limited, if not different values of, um, of, of usage out of them. Yeah, Darren, Darren, you were going to say something. Sorry. Uh, yeah, back to um, Franklin's original question of if I if I thought what I paid for FSD uh, was worth it. Let me revisit my answer a little bit. It, it, at the time, I didn't think it was worth the ninety two hundred dollars, but I knew that in the future it was going to be worth that ninety two hundred, and then some, and plus some. On top of that, so with FSD um, on the horizon, I think what I paid for it last year was definitely worth the money, and probably will be at on the next price jump to thirteen thousand. Um, you you got to think a couple other things here, right? In terms of what it what will end up at, right? It's going to end at a price point where people will not be able to afford it. That's just how it's going to be. Uh, and it makes sense. All the competition that's making uh, full self-driving cars, and I follow, I'm not, I'm not saying I just follow Tesla, like I follow every company. Uh, there's some interesting development in China, uh, developments in China that are happening right now where they're testing them on the road. Uh, but I follow all the developments, and they have one main focus, it's taxis, because of how much money there is in it. So it doesn't make sense for Tesla to underprice it just to sell it to you, because then that kind of ruins their whole taxi business, which they can make more off of. Right, so it's going to get to a point where you're not going to own the car; you're going to uh, subscribe to a network of cars because everything's subscription based nowadays. Um, and you don't have to; uh, you're, you're not like forced to own FSD, right? Not everyone's going to have to own FSD. It's there's and in terms of like where the value ends up, right? So if you are using it for robo taxi using Elon's numbers, uh, you could be making. Uh, $40,000 Canadian per year or 30000 US per year at 50% usage. So 50% of the time, your car can be on a robo-taxi network. And I know people say, oh, I don't want it to be on the robo-taxi network, but you don't have to. Uh, just the fact that most people have two car households, you can reduce down to one, you're replacing a whole car. Uh, and what's to prevent you from saying, hey, I'm going to run my own private robo-taxi network without having it on the robo-taxi, I'm going to send the car here, pick up this person, send them the car there to pick up that person, and do it all privately, right? Yeah. So these are all things that Tesla has to encounter, and uh, research and development costs a lot of money, and I know people said, oh, it's just a switch, it's a digital product, but there's tons of digital products that they don't just switch, switch the switch for you to get it for free, right? So I think there's a lot of value in it. Um, obviously safety, which is hard to peg as exact price point, but I peg safety high, and knowing the car will make a lot less mistakes than I will one day. Um, so there's all these things to uh, factor in. And I truly think the price point is going to be way higher than what most people want. And I think there's a huge, the biggest problem, and I see this a lot, there's a huge, uh, people have a hard time separating electric vehicle from the FSC software because they say, oh, Elon wants all the cars to be for everyone, but why is he pricing FSC so high? Uh, the he wants electric cars to be everywhere, but not everyone needs to have FSD, right? Uh, there's they're not combined, they're not connected. Yeah, I don't think he he he's explaining it 
as as properly as maybe he could or he should. Like like you're the way every time we have this discussion, Franklin, and you you bring up your points and you articulate it a lot better than he, than Elon does. So maybe you should be a spokesman for for <laughs> and FSD. Now, what I find, and we're going to get off this FSD and move on to the next topic or the price of FSD and move on to another topic in a second. But what I just want to touch on, what I find lately in the last week with the, the, the discussion with the price of FSD is what a lot of people are saying, oh, I'm waiting for the subscription service. Now, I don't know, between the my Facebook groups that, that I run and I see the comments there and the discussions there and, and on Twitter and stuff like that, I'm finding a lot of people and, and on YouTube too, some some uh, influencers are, are talking about it. I'm finding a lot of people are sitting back that don't have FSD and waiting for the subscription service because they think that this is going to be the be all that end all and it'll be the answer to all their prayers. I have a feeling, and I've said it a few times, that there's going to be some sad, disappointed people when the pricing finally comes out for for the subscription service. Darren, you want to take a guess at subscription service or no? And you did a whole video on it, I know, Franklin. Mm -hmm. At the price of it, I think it's going to be at least at least two hundred dollars Canadian a month. So, uh, if you do two hundred dollars per month uh, times twelve months in a year times five years, right lifespan of the car, you're looking at twelve thousand dollars, which is too low because Tesla in, Tesla's incurring all the risk for very little profit at $200 for a five-year span of driving. So I think it's going to be higher higher than $200 per month. I think it's going to be a lot higher. I think it'll be minimum 250 to 300 US. Yeah. I'm thinking, I think, I think you know what? I think it could be way over 300 too US. And as your, your um, uh, formula there, Franklin, takes in, uh, is assuming that someone's going to subscribe to it for five years. Where yeah, exactly. Most of these people are thinking, oh, I'm just going to subscribe to it for the month that I need it over the summer when I'm going well, on my road trip exactly. or a month here, a uh, weekend here. So, and, it, yeah, it's, it's going to be expensive. Well, I've heard people think they're going to get like three day subscriptions. Like, oh, Yeah, that's the other dangerous <laughs> thing that people are thinking and, and maybe they're w wishful thinking or whatever. But yeah, like, no, I don't think it's going to be beneficial from a business standpoint for Tesla to be renting it out for 30 days or a week or something like think of it they there would be no money in it for them they would lose FSD subscriptions like long-term subscriptions but even people purchasing FSD straight out if they if they brought any of that kind of, I know I could be wrong maybe they may well, surprise us all think about it this way wouldn't your subscription have to be higher than the price of just buying out FSD exactly and that's what Elon said it would be as well. Yeah. So for those who are thinking it's going to be 200 with the price that it is today, and there's going to be more increases. It's going to increase again in six months. Um, Dax and I, we talk about this all the time, and I tell them, like, hey, the price is increasing, and we're going to see another 1,000, 2,000 increase. It's going to increase again in six months from now. Yeah, and now that the, now it's out here, yeah. You're probably yeah. Right. And, and when it does, that $200 per month is no longer feasible where it's going to jump up to 250 or 300 that's going to keep climbing it has to go to a point where it doesn't make sense uh for people to buy like why would i why would i pay for fsd if i can just rent it out for five years right so there has to be a uh a number that makes sense and then yeah. you also have to have to consider the 
hardware three upgrade because there's still a lot of cars out there that don't have the latest the the full self-driving computer and if you're just subscribing to it for a month like a lot of people want to do is tesla going to pay for that upgrade when you're only going to subscribe to it for one month yeah point good point mark says 420 per month (laughs) (laughs) yeah why can i see them doing that yeah (laughs) and then he said then i go up to 690 per month (laughs) (laughs) no no um darren's exactly right i mean you've got you got the hardware that some people may not have that are they gonna is tesla gonna eat the hardware costs themselves for a month (laughs) yeah and then there's insurance (laughs) how about insurance so if you're renting it out for a month, like how do you, you contact your insurance? Yeah, I'm not driving this month. That's my car. Can you switch this oh, for me? Yeah, there's so much logistics involved in that too. Yeah. Now you're talking obviously level five, like full, full self-driving. But well, I guess. Even, even now where it's just navigate on autopilot where they works on city streets and highways and stuff like that. If you go, cause a lot of people, what I keep hearing in the last week is people say, Oh, well, when you want to go on a summer road trip, uh, you want to, uh, tour two or three of the states and you go for your family vacation for, for, the, for the summer for two weeks and you want to rent it out it's like no it's 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 not a pop-up trailer <laughs> you don't rent it out like that i don't know i i i i, I kind of hope it is so it, it satisfies everyone but i can't see it from from a financial aspect i can't see it i can't see tesla losing your shirt on it like that but we'll have to wait and see i'm very interested to see what the the pricing model will be for that Adobe's is 70 to 1, or at least from their old system when they converted over. So I'm curious to what Tesla prices it out at. 70 to 1. Yeah. Okay. So their old system was $70. Uh, every $70 they used to charge, they charged the consumer $1 rise uh, subscription fee. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and you, you brought that up uh, a few episodes ago in one of your uh, uh, analogies, and that's... That makes total sense, right? It's working for Adobe, is it not? Yeah, and it's not just a, it's not just Adobe. Think about it. You have your music is subscription, your TV viewing is subscription. Your uh, there's so many apps now that are subscription based. Every, which I don't know why, and that's why um, everyone's getting uh, subscription fatigue and mm-hmm. over overload. Like some people just don't want another subscription in life because what what's a subscription? Subscription is just like like your cell phone plan, right? Like mm-hmm. that's why cell phone plan or not cell phone plans, but cell phones has been so popular in the last three or four years or even longer with just people buying them outright and just going month to month because they don't want to be locked in a 24 month term or, or anything like that. Anyways, um, anything else we need to, to talk about with, in terms of pricing or could we move on to the next one? Oh, we got a question about the model Y. Oh yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> do really, or you're just segueing? <laughs> no, we actually do. Oh, okay. What's the question? Uh, any updates on the long range rear wheel drive Model Y? That is question number two. When Elon tweets <laughs> next to the Canadian one, that one is the second most popular question <laughs> that people are asking Elon. I'm curious too. Do you know any any inside scoop on that, Darren? No, I wish I did, but still no word on when that might appear. Yeah. By the way, the person who asked the question in our chat is the same person who spams Elon every single time he tweets with that question. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. Yes, I see it right there. <laughs> That's the person, right? Yep, yep. 
Okay, moving on to our next topic, uh, brought to us from uh, Darren and Drive Tesla Canada too. Uh, the Model Y, speaking of which, deliveries in Europe could begin sooner than expected. Now, we... Uh, I can go down and you can read the whole article um, Darren puts together here. We, we've all suspected that the Model Y was going to uh, start production when uh, Berlin Gigafactory got up and running and started manufacturing cars. We figured all those cars, and not we figured, we know that all those cars coming coming out of the Berlin factory is going to be European cars. That's going to be for, all for Europe. But now it looks like, I should have read this uh, uh, a little more full, full, <laughs> fully. Um, you know what? So I don't get it wrong and embarrass myself like I usually do. Um, sorry to do this to you, Darren, but why don't you take over because this was your article. Just in case, I, I think I know where it's going, but I just don't want to mess it up in case because I, I didn't read it fully. Yeah, no worries. So um, I forget when, but sometime earlier this year, Elon said that uh, customers in Europe are not going to get the Model Y until Giga Berlin is up and running. Um, and that's supposed to happen. Uh, first cars are supposed to come off the production line scheduled for July next year, 2021. Uh, so now um, some customers have been told by um, some Tesla salespeople that they should expect their Model Y to be arriving earlier than that. So they're, they're saying it could be as early as Q1, so January to March, uh, maybe maybe Q2. So it, it seems like, uh, and this has been, uh, it's come from two different people that have received this information, one in um, Austria and the other one was... I forget where the other one was. Uh, so, Netherlands. yeah. So it, it's it wouldn't be surprising because they, as of late, they they seem to be beating their timelines and delivering products early. So I wouldn't be surprised if it does come come earlier than than July. It, it's a good thing I did let you take that over because I was I was I was thinking something else. But yes, no, it's true. Last time I heard about Berlin is they're they're putting the windows on on that factory already. So that's got to be good news. And so are we suspecting that it's coming out of uh, the Berlin factory because it's so ahead of schedule, or could it be coming from uh, Shanghai factory and they're just shipping them over? No, from the information that the, uh, these customers have received, it's going to be <clears throat> ones from uh, Giga Berlin. Okay, so it's European yeah. made. Okay. Yeah. Because wasn't uh, Shanghai shipping some uh, European cars over that were uh, Model 3s earlier yeah, they this start, week? Yeah, they started that this week. Yeah, okay. See, see, and that's what I was. I, I, I almost thought before I read further down, and I didn't want to read as we were live here, and I almost said that. I was like, you know what, Dax, I better let... <laughs> Darren take this over because I might be butchering his his article completely. <laughs> so, Franklin, what, what do you think about that? Uh, quickly, we'll, we'll just go through this real quick. Just I think if Tesla ever wants to get out of uh, cars and um, electricity in general, they have a real future in plant production. Yeah, they build plants so quick. Now, is that? Yeah, no, it's true. They and and someone said that when they were talking about uh, uh, Giga Texas or Austin, that they've learned so much from from just the original Giga factory in Nevada to when now I don't know if it was Shanghai where they learned it all or they're I mean I'm sure they're learning as they go along with every new factory, but they've already said I I I, I don't know if it was your 
your website, Darren, or one of the other ones earlier tonight before we went live here that they showed uh, Elon. They somehow they knew it was Elon. It was like a, a, a drone shot from an aerial shot from above uh, at Austin, uh, saying how far ahead of schedule they were in Austin, which is promising news. Well, Elon's always said that their biggest advantage going forward in the future is going to be production. And if you just look at how fast they build these factories from, like, literally nothing up, and they're getting, like, ridiculously quick, it's so impressive. Um, yeah, I, I just absolutely astonished at how fast they can build a massive factory like they do. So Yeah. You know what I'm astonished about, though? I'm astonished... Or... What I'm, I shouldn't say astonished. What I'm more puzzled about because the oh, factory, factory one is is impressive, and that's what I'm impressed about. But what I'm puzzled about is what happened to the regen braking. I'm so proud of you. That was amazing. <laughs> learning, round of applause. Round of applause. I'm learning from you. <laughs> learning from the best. Uh, the Segway King himself, Franklin. No, seriously. Uh, our next topic is uh, regen braking. Um, it just disappeared in the menu for for uh, the new Teslas because I, well, as soon as I read this article, and of course I didn't read it properly, I ran out to my car to check to see if it's, it was gone on mine. But uh, no, it just appeared that uh, it was just in, in the new cars. Now, whether it's coming back, was it somebody asked, was it you, Darren, that asked when Elon had tweeted last night or earlier today, said, uh, are you bringing it back or is it coming back? Yeah, I've asked that a few times. Yeah. Okay, so no response, obviously. <laughs> No shocking. <laughs> he didn't respond to you after all those thousands of other tweets. No, it's almost like a lottery, eh? Like, seems to be. Yeah. yeah, it's like getting hit by lightning. Yeah, I know it's happened to you a few times, Franklin. Pipe down over there. So yeah. So do we know what the um, the reasoning for this is? Uh, the only exp uh, explanation of sorts we've had is from, because this happened actually in China earlier this month as well. And when some customers there uh, asked about why the regen braking wasn't there anymore, they were told it was to improve the driving experience and to maximize efficiency. I can see that. I can see yeah. that. And I was going to say, you know what? There's probably still a good amount of people that turn that to low and don't reap the benefits of of um, the full regen and 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 the efficiency during the summer. Now, for 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 us in Canon, I know that's why you uh, were reaching out to Elon whenever you got a chance, Darren. Because yeah, you, your the way your your tweets were were very valid in terms of we need it for winter for winter driving. A lot of times, it's good to uh, lower that regen. To, to low because you don't want that back end, especially with us having rear wheel drive cars, you know, that back end. And then, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not like it's dangerous and it slides out and whips us around, and does a 180 on us. But it, I've noticed on slippery conditions, even with snow tires, that it, it'll, it'll tweak out a little bit a little here and there. Yeah. And the, and the other reason, since I've published the, that article, got a lot of feedback that. The other reason people put it on low is motion sickness, that a lot of people, drivers and passengers, uh, they're just not used to that, that feeling of regen braking, and they have to put it on low, otherwise they get motion sick in the car. So yeah, which it's would, not, not just for winter driving. Yeah, I found that interesting too. Yeah, I saw that part in the article and I forgot about it, that 
motion sickness because listen i'll tell you right now if it's one person that gets motion sickness more than anyone else like i will throw up in your lap if you tell me to it read a text or read directions or something like that when we're when i'm in the passenger seat or in the back seat like within within like 30 seconds if i read too long so i get motion sickness a lot but i've never noticed the motion sickness uh of regen but i guess i'm not as sensitive as i, th I thought i was yeah i'm like you I, I i can get motion sickness as well quite bad and i've never had it driving driving the tesla it could also be that you know what how often are we <laughs> in the passenger seat of our cars <laughs> am i the only one who yeah. wants something stronger than standard <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess, yeah. Well, I guess we'll never get it now. But going back, what I keep finding interesting, going back to your um, your uh, one point there, Darren, that uh, we sort of saw this coming because it started a little while back in uh, in China. Is it safe to assume that, we're f that, that Tesla is beta testing or trialing everything that they want to do uh, whether it's hardware or or even procedural or software in China first before they bring it over here? Because it seems to be the trend lately. It, do, it does seem to be the trend. Uh, the, the one thing that comes to mind that uh, doesn't follow that trend is the blackout trim, the, the heat pump, the new wheels. The, the, those all showed up on the Model 3 first here in the U.S. Where, where, in North America, so... Oh, I thought there was some some sightings of the black trim in china for the threes the we first learned about it from china because they had to file an application with uh i forget the name of the ministry over there but they had to file an application to be able to produce manufacture them with the black trim but yeah the first time we we see them is coming out of fremont not shanghai oh okay okay my mistake okay um and the last topic let's get to the well, last i was gonna topic. say Maybe oh, it happened in the U.S. Uh, over China is because they sold more in the U.S. than every other automaker combined for EVs. Oh, you're perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Dax. You got yeah. you... Don't be sorry. No, that's perfect. No, that's, I'm, I'm saying you're a son of a because I can't believe how good that was. Yeah, because you fooled me. I thought you were you were adding something to it, so you actually fooled me. Um, yeah, our last um, newsworthy story of of the week i guess is i found it's very interesting and i didn't find too many other publications um uh doing this story like he did darren tesla sold more evs in the u.s in 2020 this year and is, we're not even at the end of the year than every other auto manufacturer combined like just let that sink in for a second folks like understand that and let that sink in for a second and yeah, and if you look at the numbers, it's it's not even close. No, it's. It, it, I remember. I don't know where they are. I remember reading the article, and I don't have the numbers in in memory or anything. But yeah, it wasn't close at all. Is it right here? Uh, no, it's honestly it's an impressive number, but it makes a lot of sense. What other? Um, someone in the chat's gonna. <laughs> someone in the chat's gonna get angry. What other good? Like valuable, viable option is there for an EV that has a good charging network, that has good range, that's looks nice and reasonably priced. 
Yeah, I mean, okay, the the, the looks is is subjective. Know, I get it. Looks are subjective. The price could even be subjective, depending on people's, um, uh, you know, finances. That's fair. Like that. But but I, I see what you mean by everything else. And don't get me wrong. Even though this podcast's name has the word Tesla in it, I love all EVs. And and I mean, we could have we could have done a whole segment on the Hummer uh, and talked about that. And I'm glad they're coming out. Price, I think, is ridiculous, but I'm glad they're coming out. And at the end of the day, if you just get any EV, it's it's a good thing. But yeah, Teslas are. I, I agree with you, and that's not being a, a Tesla fanboy or, or a snobbish Tesla owner. But it is. It's like Teslas are. It's funny. I, I run some other Facebook groups that are non-Tesla, uh, and I go in there every now and then, uh, not as often as I should. And uh, I just listen to. I read some of the posts and stuff I had when they start talking about Teslas and it's funny and I don't know why. I mean, some, I guess some, some of it is warranted, but for the most part, I don't know why, but there is an anti Tesla sentiment or a, a hate on for Tesla. If they, if people own another EV. I think, reason. I think too, because a lot of, I wouldn't say I'm like a super fan of Tesla. I'm very, fairly like, reasonable in terms of their shortcomings, which is service, which needs a ton of work. Um, but if like a lot of Tesla owners have the same mindset that I do, where there's not a lot of great competition, I think the Bolt's actually a really good vehicle uh, for the value, and it'll work for a lot of people depending on um, your driving habits and how far you go and stuff like that. I think it's a really great vehicle, but really other than the Bolt, there's not a whole lot of options. And I think Tesla owners that have that, that mindset uh, people get offended saying, hey, I bought this this car and uh, Tesla owners don't like my car because they have a different electric vehicle and uh, that's not the case. I think any electric vehicle coming to the market is good. Uh, it just, they're not coming quick enough and they're not coming with, like, they're not giving Tesla enough competition, basically. And I th really hope they do because competition is good for the consumer. Like, we win when more people are making better electric vehicles. Exactly. And, and Mark in the comments makes a very good point that the big advantage to get in the Tesla is the supercharger network. The other automakers, you they just can't compete with that right now. No, yeah, exactly. That, that I mean, there's a few things that, that put Tesla above, but yeah, whenever someone asks me, number one thing, and, and you know what, it, it's, that's even subjective, but it's, it is and it isn't because it is true. And when, when you need it and you need a, reliable public charger you'll see the difference of how good a tesla supercharger network is compared to the other public ones where it could it could be down and not working or broken or whatever you know what i mean but yeah, yeah when, when you and i the reason i say subjective is because some people don't take evs on a road trip they'll just buy an ev for their daily commute or running around a city and stuff like that but they'll keep their ice car as their family vehicle for their you know their long long term trips and 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 traveling cars type of thing, and that's why I said the Bolt's a good option, right? Because there are people that only do uh, short term trips, and uh, it's it's a great vehicle for if you're just going around the city. You don't drive a ton. You're not getting those long road trips. You're getting good value for your money, right? Yeah. Well, this this uh, thing came. This. I guess headline or article came from a uh, car and driver magazine in a uh, November edition. And 
in the middle of the article, and, and I know I'm explaining this to all my audio people that aren't watching it, but if you're watching, I've got a screen capture here on Darren's uh, uh, page, uh, and he's got, I guess, the article opened up on two pages, and if you scroll down, they have the chart here in Car and Driver. Um, and I guess th this image is from Tesla Master on Twitter, um, or Tesla underscore Master, just giving him credit. And the way they have it laid out here is like they've all fit it in the bottom left corner of the left-hand page uh, of the chart. And all the manufacturers, I think there's probably about a dozen manufacturers here, maybe 15, and they all fit on one side. <laughs> but the Model 3 goes off the page into the center and onto the next page and goes off that page. And I guess if we were able to turn the page, it would probably be on the next, be on the next page. I don't know. But it just goes to show you, it goes completely off both pages. It, it's staggering. Uh, basically, the number, the, correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Were, were you not impressed uh, that the Model Y already has 15,000 uh, deliveries or almost 16,000? I thought that was pretty impressive. It's not even a full year of production, and it's the number two car uh, in, in the States to date, and not even at the end of the year. But anyways, almost 16,000 for the Model Y. For the Model 3, which is the top seller in the U.S., 62,000. Of course, every uh, Tesla is in the top four, one, two, three, four. And then the next one, actually, no, sorry, I shouldn't say that, uh, the Chevy Bolt is number three. And then the Model S is number, sorry, the Chevy Bolt is number four. And then the Model S is number five. So Tesla has three out of the uh, four, the top four. And then for after the Chevy Bolt, what's it look like it is? Um, I guess it would be the Leaf. Leaf, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Kona? No, no, the Chevy, the, no, the Etron is actually before the Leaf. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Was it, was it Audi or was it Jaguar that's just dumping the price of their cars to try to sell them, to get them out the door before the end of the year? I remember reading an article, I forget where it was earlier this week, that like yeah. huge, huge discounts. I think it's, I want to say it's Audi. Am I, am I correct in assuming that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wrote about that uh, yesterday or the day before that Probably they're offering, yeah. <laughs> they're offering uh Ten thousand dollars off in Canada and over twelve thousand in the U.S. Wow! Yeah. Oh, but you know what? They they sold. I mean, I'm surprised they sold that many. They sold what was it again? I gotta zoom back in. Almost four thousand cars. So that's good. So any any uh, any any more comments on Tesla being or or the Model Three being the number one in the U.S.? Not surprising. That's pretty much. Now, you know, I guess looking back on it, yeah, it isn't surprising. But when you hear it, it's a little, it takes you back a little bit. Were you surprised at all, Darren? Not surprised. Um, just the way, like you said, we hear about being the number one seller in California and in other states. And then, so you have, you know, it's doing well. But then when you see it, especially presented the way Car and Driver did there with the, the graph, it, it, yeah, it's, it's impressive. No, I agree. I agree. Okay, well, that's it for the news. Uh, uh, Franklin, any questions that you've been going or we've been getting them as we go? No, we're good. I've been kind of integrating everything uh, yeah. as we've been going along here. Okay, well, then, you know what? 
all all night through this whole thing, and we've got it down to just over an hour, which is good record time. But we still got our our little couple stories we want to talk about. Uh, well, let's start with you, Franklin. You you've intrigued me with your Tesla story. Oh, it, it's not that impressive. Um, it is, but it isn't. Uh, so I got a web page. Is it full screen impressive? Made for myself. Sorry. And. Wow. It's on Drive Tesla Canada, this awesome website you guys have to check out. Um, it's There's a whole support group up here. So <laughs> when you click it, you come to this page here. And it says, while well, we are patiently, and it's crossed out very impatiently, waiting for the full self-driving beta to arrive in Canada, we thought we'd create this page as a way for us to gather and share our stories. Um and it says, follow along the support of your fellow Canadian FSD owners. If you're on Twitter, use the hashtag, uh, hashtag FSD Beta Canada, and daily count up courtesy, uh, courtesy of myself. <laughs> and you can actually follow. Uh, we'll start from the bottom here. Uh, so we had uh, number two. I uh, saw an advertisement for the new Pac-Man tunnel game. Uh, we had day three, which was uh, FSD Beta Player 2 press start. Uh, I did see that one. Yeah. <laughs> and I never understood it, but it makes sense now. <laughs> okay. Uh, day four, we had the roundabout. I was stuck in an infinite loop. Um, day five, it might be the day that we get our price increase, because when the price increases, it means we're actually getting the beta. Uh, day six, each day, each passing day feels tougher than the last. Uh, day seven is starting a support group, which is actually when this page was created. Uh, and then day eight, life is tough enough without having to make our own right and left turns. So I'll keep uh, I'll keep this going um, indefinitely up until we get uh, the beta in Canada. I did this for Smart Summon um, every day, uh, and I'll I'll do it again with FST beta. I'm gonna up the antidote. I'll probably do a giveaway of some sort uh, for people who are using the hashtag, uh, and I'll gonna work at all the details for that, but. I want to kind of get the hashtag going on Twitter. And people are starting to use it. It's great. And you're condoning this, Darren? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any uh, uh, interesting stories, uh, Tesla-related stories, that, that you want to share with us, Darren? Um, or any juicy they, gossips or anything that, that you might want to break here on, on our podcast? Uh, I wish I had some something to break on here, but I don't. Maybe we could just, it's maybe a couple of weeks old now, but maybe quickly touch on premium connectivity um, subscriptions. That, oh, yeah. Did you, were either of you part of that, or did you already have lifetime subscriptions to premium connectivity? For your lifetime. No, oh, okay. Never mind then. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll continue. Like you can still, you can, because I that's something we should have uh, briefly touched on. Because yeah, not not everyone. When it first happened, started happening on my website on on Facebook, people were like wondering, like they thought it was a glitch. Yeah, a lot of people thought it was a bug that was going to get fixed in a day or two. Yeah. It was like um, there was a lot of these uh, fight club memes. Like we don't talk about it. If we talk about it, it's going to go away, type of thing. Yeah. And they were paranoid. So okay, so uh, no no uh, Tesla stories for us. And I think if you don't, yeah, yeah, no, sorry, I got nothing tonight. All right. No worries at all. 
my Tesla story of the week is I just went, and I guess it, it sort of loops back into last um, podcast where we went into, um, well, where we had Cyril on uh, on the show, and um, he, he, if for people that didn't watch it, uh, go back and watch it. It's close to two hours long, but this guy is a god here in Southern Ontario. He's a former Tesla mobile technician, and he came on a show, and he answered all the questions that people had. People peppered him. What do we have, Franklin? Close to 60, 70 questions in total? Yeah, uh, 60 or 70 questions. And and he took them all like a champ, and he answered them. Anyways, I was up at his – I got a chance to go up to his uh, place today, and uh, he looked at my brakes and gave me a brake service. And let me just tell you, folks, give you a little bit of advice. If you, okay, let, let me start by saying, don't be like me and assume, because I was very ignorant, I'll be the first to admit that I was ignorant and stupid about this. I assumed, um, and I learned only a few months ago, and it's taken me from now till a few months to get it rectified, but I assumed because we have an electric car and we have powerful regenerative braking, like we were talking about earlier, that, you know, that means our brakes are great and we don't use them that much and the car slows down. And I've heard of all these stories with Tesla's with 300,000 miles on it and they're on their original brakes and everything. So I figured we don't need to worry about brakes. Well, yes, you don't need to worry about changing your brakes, like your pads or rotors, uh, like a regular ice car would, but you still have to get your car, your, your brakes serviced and maintained and have, a, 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 have them at least inspected once a year. I, I've had my car coming up to two and a half years, almost 80,000 kilometers on it, which is about 50,000 miles. And I've never had a brake service or even anyone look at the brakes. And I remember even when we had Moss on, um, uh, probably, what was that, probably about four or five months ago. Uh, he's another friend in Hamilton. That, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Franklin, he does the same thing too, right? Right? Mm -hmm. He does. Yeah. Um, and he was telling me, yeah, you need to do it. And and not that I ignored him, I just procrastinated. Anyways, we went up there. I went up there today and uh, uh, Cyril did it for me. The front brakes are always worse than the back brakes. By the way, my brake pads and my rotors are immaculate. He says I, it looks like they're hardly touched. Uh, so that's good news. But because I haven't had it serviced in almost 80,000 kilometers or two and a half years, the... Uh, pins when you those little pins that you have to extract to take the calipers off those pins the bottom pins especially i don't know why the tops were fine but the bottom ones seem to be seized up and i'm no mechanic i mean i, I don't do justice by trying to explain to you bottom line is folks if i could give you any kind of advice if you didn't listen to anything throughout this entire hour and 14 minutes that we've been talking and you're still with us this long go get your brakes uh, inspected and, and cleaned. It, and it may cost you, I think a Tesla charges, Cyril was saying Tesla charges like $200 or 250 or something for it. Now this is something, whether you're in warranty or out of warranty, you don't have to go to Tesla. I know a lot of people think, oh, I got to go to the, the manufacturer. It's the best, you use the same parts and OEM and all. You can go anywhere, just as long as, just make sure they use the proper parts. Um, but anyone can do a brake job, whether it's a, a Tesla or any other kind of EV. They're not special brakes. They're regular brakes. It does use regenerative braking, but that has nothing to do with the brake system. Uh, get your brakes looked at and uh, 
take my advice. It'll, it may serve, it may save you extra money down the, down the road. Plus at the end of the day, it's a safety thing, right? Uh, it's all about safety. The brakes are what's stopping the car for the most part. When you, when you need a most in an emergency situation, regen is not going to be saving you. It's going to be your, your, um, your actual physical brakes. That's going to be saving you. So that's my little, that's my question from Tony. Did your pad clips break? No, surprisingly, I thought they would have with him trying to get them out, but my pad, uh, the clips were fine. They didn't break or bend or warp or anything. I don't know if they warp, but they didn't. I, I asked, um, asked him about it when, when he was taking them off. No, the hardest thing was the pins that he had trouble. We also had Mark who said he doesn't race with his Tesla. He thinks Tesla employees are in here deciding who gets the FSD beta, so he's playing it safe. Uh, which Mark? Mark Lindsay. Yeah. Oh, true Mark. Yep. yep. Yeah. He, he's just playing it safe just in case the Tesla yeah. employees oh, in here. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, should we give him the beta? You know, he's playing it playing it safe. We know. Oh, buddy. You know. Oh, speaking of, of that, I, it's... How do I word this? It's safe to assume, guys, that everyone down in the States, not everyone, but a lot of people down in the States are um, club owners or club leaders or friends, <laughs> friends with Elon or um, YouTube influence, influencers of some sort. Is that correct to, to assume down there? Is that well, the yeah. pattern we've been seeing? Yeah, it started off with... Uh... I believe there's actually an agreement with the owners clubs and yeah. Tesla to get it out to the club presidents first. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's expanded further than that now. Oh, uh, should have been a club owner. John Dixon, you could have FSD and you know, I don't know what to do with it, buddy. <laughs> so yeah, uh, John Dixon, for anyone who doesn't know is our Ontario uh, club president uh, here in Ontario. So he's going to get it first, probably if, if they continue, Oh, he's probably oh, under door. Sorry, Dax, I removed you from the stream there by accident. Yes, I know you did. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, my mistake. Uh, it's just your your shaking hand. No, it's just, just an honest mistake. Here, let me put you back. No, no, that's fine. You you can put me where you want. Uh, okay. Anything else to talk about, guys? Before we uh, end that off. That is with... it. That is all. I thank everyone uh, for joining us in the chat tonight. It's really good turnout tonight. Great comments and. Just makes it a lot more fun, right, for us and more interactive for you guys. And it does, it does. Franklin gets bored of our topics sometimes, so he just gravitates over to the uh, to the chat, which I don't blame him. <laughs> you guys, with, without you guys in the chat, we'd be talking to just the three of us. Is it is it noticeable that I like focus on the chat sometimes? Totally <laughs> fine, buddy. No, no, that's listen. Not that you have a job here, and nor does Darren. You guys are just. I just thank you guys every week for coming on the show when you do. And for Franklin, it is almost every week. Uh, so no, it's not a job of yours, but you you do that very well. You you sort of take that to yourself, uh, upon yourself. I sh I should say you you do a great job of that, and uh, you help me out a lot. So thank you very much. So Franklin, also known as Tesla Motherfunker, is all over YouTube with awesome videos. Uh, when you're saying last week or this week, one of your videos was doing really really good. Uh, not that you were counting, but you were just uh, uh, commenting on how everyone's, it's been helping everyone out. Which one was that again? Do you remember? Uh, not to put you on the spot. Well, I've had a couple actually that have been extremely good. I've had the, all my best performing videos are ones I've created to help 
existing owners. That's it. Uh, right? So there's the YouTube login glitch, which is doing extremely well. Yep. Um, and I see the numbers for that like skyrocketing all the time. Uh, there's a sound bug glitch one where your car stops having sound. Um, what else was there? That happened to me today. Yeah. And I think it has something to do with me changing my tires over and having to go in the settings from 19 to 18. Maybe it didn't, but it was just a coincidence. But yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of different um, like helpful videos, like window calibrations, yeah, uh, like screen bugs, screen glitches, this glitch, that glitch. Uh, I find all the my best performing videos are ones I've made to help people, and honestly, that's the reason why I started my channel, yep. uh, is to help existing owners. And it's really cool to see uh, these videos actually do extremely well. And they don't do really well like when I put them out. And I'm fine with that, because not everyone's like, rushing to search to find a fixed problem that they don't have, right? But it's really cool to see the longevity uh, of a video I put out like a year ago. A lot of people that have helped over the last year, it's really awesome to see. So um, I always say, like, if I can help one person, it's worth making a video, right? So Perfect. Yeah, no, exactly right. And you're all over Twitter, obviously. Um, yeah, with my hashtag. Where are, are you? Are you on Reddit or Instagram or Facebook? Uh, I have them. I don't use them. I'm Just kidding. Twitter, YouTube, Twitter, Twitter and YouTube. Yeah. And Darren, I mean, what do we have to say? Darren runs. Is it is it basically safe to say Darren is a one man show at Drive Tesla Canada? Pretty much, yeah. I don't know how you do that, buddy. That's amazing. <laughs> and and he even has time to help me out uh, every now and then, and I appreciate all the help he does uh, on my Facebook group. At a Canadian Model Y group, so he helps me out there too. Model Happy to help. Yeah, so uh, it's amazing that you do do that, and of course you're all over Twitter too, uh, almost as much as Franklin, uh, pushing for that Canadian FSD. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing, trying to do my part. Yep, yep. No, I don't Here, here's what I'm gonna do: everyone who tweets at least once with the FSD Beta Canada hashtag, for every day that we go on, I'll like donate one dollar to a charity of your choice. So if we get it at day 80, I'll donate $80 to a charity of your choice. And I'll pick randomly out of anyone who tweets out FSD Beta hash Canada with the hashtag. I'll go throw it up on Twitter after this. But Wow. That is awesome, buddy. Very generous. Yes. Yeah. That's that's, that's my idea. That's awesome, buddy. I might have to I might have to meet you on that one. And we'll double that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Why not? Right? If it takes yeah, 80 days, it takes 80 days. <laughs> just kidding yeah it takes it yeah well it you know what well that's okay let, let me ask you guys before we go quickly because we're gonna wrap this up in a minute when do you suspect that we're gonna get it Darren? Uh, putting you on the spot here i know um <laughs> it, it doesn't have to be accurate before christmas i think we'll get a limited release this year um but yeah really? public, public release um not till March, April, May, okay. close to mid mid twenty twenty one is my guess. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's what I'm thinking too for for the release itself um, for everyone here in Canada is probably like in March or April. But Mark I'm, said next year. I'm going to ban him. Sorry, can't have this. <laughs> well, next year can be January first, right? Officially. <laughs> now, you also think around before Christmas, Franklin? For before for Christmas, test, we'll have tests. we'll have something. Yeah. Wow. That's my guess. Wow. Okay. So for anyone who's in Canada, get your money ready if you want to buy FSD. It's going up 
2,600. Jesus. Because ours is, it's 2,600, right, with exchange? Yeah. So it'll be 13,2? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, get your money wow. ready. Yep. But Prepare. if you have auto, if you have AEP, uh, sorry, EAP, uh, enhanced autopilot, it's not as much. It's only half, right, or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, folks in the chat, thank you very much. We'll do this next week again or the week after. Who said ha, ha, ha? I didn't say ha, ha, ha. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> um, All right. Yeah. We will talk to you guys next time. Thanks for watching. We will see you next time. See you guys. Bye-bye.